Lay. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building, nigga. Yeah. Already the show goes on all night. Till uh. the morning we dream so long. Anybody ever wonder when they will see the thunder? Just remember when you come up. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast, previewing the 101st PGA Championship. In order to do so, I'm joined by my co-host, as always. You can find him on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how are we doing, man? Doing well, dude. How you doing? It's good, good. Fun to record on a Sunday. A little bit different, but uh, yep. knock this one out before the week starts. And uh, it's a fun one. It is a loaded field. I, I heard somewhere, Jesse, and it could have changed, but... If everybody plays and there's no withdrawals, all top 100 players in the world will be here this week. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be crazy fun to watch. Yeah, it's going to be a good tournament. It's kind of the, the fourth out of four majors as far as like on the scale of what you look forward to. But um, it's a major, so yep, money to be made. It's a major. It's a major. It's in May, which is nice. It's a different time of the year. The PGA is usually the fourth major. That's what... Uh, some of those can remember uh, Brooks won this one last year. We'll get into that here shortly, but uh, it's fun to have it blowing and going here early. So it'll be interesting to see how everything plays when we get on to the course preview and whatnot. But before we do so, let's recap the Byron Nelson. As we record, Sun Kang is on the 18th hole. He has a three-stroke lead. If he blows this, then we are the biggest mushes on the face of the planet. No, he so just Kang, in. He just tapped in. He won okay. by two shots. He it, tapped in for Paul, or for Bogey, sorry. So he won. He yep. won. There we go. Two-shot win for Sun Kang. That's outstanding. So was he 23-under or something like that? 23-under, correct. Yep. Hill around. It's about 61 on Friday. I didn't get to watch a ton. I kind of peeked at it today a little bit, but – do you have any thoughts on the weekend at the Byron Nelson? Um, I mean, you know, I, I don't know how sustainable this course is on the PGA Tour. It's, uh, I don't know, it, it looks like it'd be fun to play, like in ideal conditions, but, you know, Dallas apparently is turning into a rainforest as well, just like my neck of the woods, which, by the way, it's been raining all day. Imagine that. But, um, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't. It's just the the draw here is kind of weird. And if it's going to be before the PGA championship, you've got to have something, in my opinion, a little bit tougher. Yeah. I would think you would want, so you can draw in some more names to more. Cause I mean, this golf course, Beth page black and every PGA championship, it plays decently tough. And you know, the winning score this week was 23 under 20. There was two, three other guys who scored, you know, got to 20 under or better. So, yeah, birdie it fest, birdie, man. It was a massive birdie fest. A lot of guys went low today. Every day I had guys go low. Like I said, Kang went 61 on Friday. I know Flat Bill and a few others went 800 today. It was a scoring palooza. And it's like, it's a cool course. Like you and I are, you know, normal golfers would probably love a course like this because it's wide open. You can miss a little bit, have some fun. It's not going to penalize you too much. Uh, you, you can have some fun with it. But at the same time, this course relies so much on the wind that. You know, one of these years, it's going to be windy. They're going to be like, I told you so. That's going to yeah. happen. It'll happen one of these days. But the first two years, it's literally been a birdie fest. You had Aaron Wise get his first win last year. You had Sun Wang taking one home. Uh, Sun Kang, Sun Kang taking <laughs> one home this year. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty interesting there. It's mainly a bomb and gouge and a make it happen type, type tournament. But uh, it, it's still fun. It was fun to track on the phone. And it was quite tilting on Friday. I tweeted it out that. Um, you know, Thursday was beautiful. All my guys were like two, three under or better, like, you know, sitting pretty, just play even par golf, no worries. You know, that never happens, Jesse. Why would that happen? Um, you know, guys, you know, 
Keith Mitchell and a few others just go absolutely horrible out the gate. Everyone gets back except Lucas Beargard, who decides to. He's inside the cut. I think he bogeyed two of his last three holes to miss the cut. And then um, JT Poston bogeyed the last hole to miss the cut. So basically that was how my my, my time ended. Still, you know, not, not a bad week. Six to six, couple fives. Um, but it could have been really, really nice if Friday wasn't a complete carnage fest. But uh, that's golf. That's PGA. Yeah. Golf. That's oh, yeah. fun times. Um, any final thoughts on uh, the Byron Nelson? Like I said, it was, you know, Brooks played well. He didn't just show up for a paycheck. Uh, Tony Romo was a hack like we thought. Um, he did beat some people, though. He beat Smiley Kaufman. Well, that's, you know, raise the bar a little higher. Just a little higher. No, he also beat Wee Kim, Roberto Castro, and Jonathan Bird. Yep. Yeah, so he did beat a few. That's good. That's good. Yeah. He started out hot, too. He was like 200 uh, through like the first four or five holes, and then the implosion happened. Thank God. If he would have made the cut, that would have been one of the worst weekends ever. But, um, yeah, so interesting tournament to Byron Nelson. I liked it. I forget the name of the course was at before, but it was in all the houses and everything. That seemed like a much more fun tournament. Um, this doesn't seem to have that prestige just yet. Maybe it'll build into it, but it, it's just not there at the moment. Like you said, I think we need to see it with in the wind and playing hard and fast instead of – soft and you know no I mean, they got a bunch of rain dude i don't know if you saw how much yeah. rain they had yesterday but it, the course was flooded and so it was i mean they were lucky to get it done by seven o'clock today otherwise i would imagine they would have had a shit ton of wds if it was a monday finish um so anyways uh, you know ready to move on now let's yeah let's talk for some, sure let's talk some second major of the year fourth the second- major in our hearts there you go. Second major of the year, fourth major in a heart. It's, it's the the way I look at it. It wants to be the U.S. Open the best it can. That's just kind of how it tries to do it. Um, why don't you give us a past event history on this one, and we'll rock and roll. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously with the PGA Championship, just like just about everyone except for the Masters, you know, we're moving around different courses every year. Um, Beth Page in New York, the black course, the one that's hard or whatever. Um has has held a PGA Tour or U.S. Open event four times. Uh, the first was in 2002. Tiger Woods shot three under, and he won it. Uh, they they held the U.S. Open again in 2009. Uh, Lucas Glover was the champion at four under par. Um, and then they've had the Barclays there, which is the first event in the PGA Tour FedEx playoffs. Uh, Nick Watney was the 2012 champion. He shot 10 under. Um, and then Patrick Reed was the champion in 2016, he shot nine under. Um, it'll be interesting to see how difficult it plays. It's not going to be U.S. Open. I would really think that it'll be closer to just normal. I, I I don't know. That's kind of the big – that's the issue with all of these major events that are not the Masters is how is the golf course actually going to be set up? And that's like the big factor. And, you know, you go throughout the week and everybody's going to play tough or it's not going to play tough or, you know, whatever – I mean that that U.S. Open that we had in um, Wisconsin a couple of years ago. Uh, I think Brooks won it. Yeah, Brooks won that one. Nah, I, w- whatever. Either way, you know, everybody's like, it's gonna play so hard, and then you know, sixteen under wins it or something, and the, and the USGA is just embarrassed all the hell. So, figuring out and kind of guessing how it's actually gonna play is important as far as the event goes uh brooks kepka was your 2018 champion um but last year it was held at Bellarive country club uh justin thomas 2017 champion jimmy walker 2016 champion jason day 2015 champion rory's won this twice uh tiger has four pga championships including back-to-back in 2007 2006 and 2099 so um 
discounting your discounting your history. There you perfect, go. perfect. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the course plays out. And what we do know for now is it'll be a par seventy. Uh, I know for the Barclays they made it a par seventy one. They made a long par four into a par five. That's going back to being a long par four like it was for the U.S. Open. So that should add it to make it a little bit tougher. And it's about seventy four hundred and around thirty five yards or so. It is long, extremely, extremely long. You're going to hear that all week long. It's a Tillinghast design. He designs a lot of these kind of U.S. Open majory type courses. It seems like his name pops up quite often. Uh, you got Poa Greens, which is going to make a lot of guys happy. I thought that was weird when I read that. I could just be totally talking out of my ass here. But for me, Poa, I think West Coast. I think I play on Poa all the time. We talk about Poa the whole West Coast swing. Seeing it up in the Northeast kind of surprised me a bit. I know you can plant Poa anywhere you want. It just seemed um, kind of stands out a little bit more there. The fairways are going to be ryegrass and poa, and the rough is ryegrass and bluegrass, so a lot to uh, look at there. There's only one water hazard. It's on the par 3 eighth that you have to worry about. There are a lot of bunkers. There's 75 or more bunkers, depends on what they added this year. Um, reports are they've been working on this course for six to seven months, as you'd expect. Um, there's at least two bunkers on every single hole. Uh, when you're coming into the greens, they're elevated greens for the most part. They are small greens, not like pebble small, but they're some of the smaller greens on tour. And they can get fast, 12, 13 um, on the stimp. So it, it'll be a good challenge to get up and down, down and need a good short game, as you'd expect. But most importantly, it's finding the fairway. It's, you know, driving distance or long iron play on your approach shot. There's two ways to look at it because I'm not going to say, like, I'm probably not on Molinari this week. Surprise there to many. But, you know, one thing we've said about Molly a lot is he doesn't drive it far. But he's, he's one of those guys that has the great long iron play to keep him in contention and stuff like that. So you can't just cross guys off the list. As long as they're accurate off the tee, I'd say that's very, very important. Because like you said, this won't play U.S. Open rough. But from all the reports so far, as you can relate to in Kentucky, and we talked about right before the show here, it's been super wet there. Heck, baseball games got rained out today. It was so wet there in New York that they've had they've been able to maintain the course. They've been able to prep the course. But constantly maintaining the rough and keeping it where they want has been difficult. And when we look at the weather going into this week, I have it for the Beth Page golf course. Uh, they got rain tonight. They got rain and wind on Monday, and then maybe a little bit of rain Thursday morning. That's still very, very slight. But it's going to be you know ten to fifteen mile an hour winds the entire week. Sunday night showers, so the tournament should be rather dry, minus maybe a little drizzle Thursday morning. But if it rains a ton again tomorrow, it's going to be hard to get the course perfect uh, before Thursday unless it dries out super, super good. So it'll be really interesting to see how this plays out. Um, it's going to be a lot greener than normal because usually this tournament plays in the fall time when it gets super hot there in the Northeast or as hot as it gets in the Northeast and dries things out a little bit. So, you know, really wet winter, lots of green and um, green lush out there. The, the, the rough looks very, very thick, but not challenging the U S open thick. So that's why I want to compare to what you said. It's not like U S open thick, but it's, it, you don't want to be in it. Let's put it that way. Um, especially when you're trying to get a long approach shot in. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But for me, it's driving accuracy Distance will help, but it's not the end-all, be-all. Your approach shot in from about, I'd say, around 200, 175 to 200, and then a good around the green, a green game is going to help you a ton here. And um, par or better. You want par – you want bogey avoidance, let's put it that way. Be another good one to look at. Uh, what are you looking at this week, Jesse, when it comes to key stats? Yeah, um, you know, if, if you look back over the last few champions of the uh, PJ Championship. I mean, one thing that I think is, you know, guys who who hit it a long way. Um, so I, I'm going to wait. Driving distance, green regulation is important as well, uh, just like it is just about every week for me, uh, especially on Fancy Labs. As far as 
like getting some more specialized stats or whatever. I think strokes getting off the tee, strokes getting approach, and around the green as well. I mean, you know, you got to get guys who can get up and down. Um, I'll also wait uh, opportunities gain, proximity, and uh, three-putt avoidance too. Um, you know, it's, uh, even par is probably going to be um, a decent score on most holes. Uh, so, you know, getting guys who just miss avoid the the blow ups. Uh, I kind of say that every year as far as on these major championships, but it's true. I mean, you got to play really perfect golf, and predicting that is difficult <laughs> to win yeah. a major. You know what I mean? It's super, super difficult. That's why, you know, when we get to the players here, the field is so freaking loaded. It's going to be real tricky to just be like, hey, uh, yeah, this guy, this guy, this guy, because. All these guys are super talented. There's a ton of them we could see winning this event. So it'll be really interesting to see how it all plays out when it is all said and done. Uh, let's talk a little Fanshare Sports. If you guys want to join Fanshare Sports, we recommend joining Fanshare Sports for all the research tools, articles, and much more. You can now use promo code Always Press, all lowercase, Always Press. Get you 20% off your membership at Fanshare Sports. I know Jesse uses it. I use it. So go check that out. 20% off at Fanshare Sports using Always Press. Press all one word, all lowercase. A um, couple things to look at here. They'll have the, the the stuff loaded up for the PGA tomorrow. So I'm kind of doing a different search than normal right now on the tools. But you know, the last ten majors, uh, our last eight majors, top DK scores. Brooks Kepka is averaging 93 points in majors. Ricky's averaging 79. Um, these are guys that have played in all eight. Jordan Spieth averaging 76. So even when he plays bad, he's scoring in majors, which is pretty surprising to me. Uh, Hideki at 70, Xander, uh, Tommy Fleetwood, Justin Thomas, Tom, uh, and Tony Fino. So what I wanted to show you there is the best of the best show up when it comes to these majors. Um, last 10 events on par 70 courses and 7,400 yards, so long par 70 courses. And we're not going to have a lot of guys playing all 10, but some guys to keep in mind, Hideki's averaging about 72 points uh, in his last seven events at one of these courses. Jason Day, 72, Brooks, 71. So they play really well at these longer courses. A couple more guys to think about. DJ, 69 points. Jordan Spieth, even 68. Uh, you got Henrik at 66. Patrick Reed at 66 as well. So some some of those guys that play really well at these longer courses and, and, and par 70 type deals when it comes to drafting scoring. Because this course, if it does play low scoring, it's not going to be this complete shootout we're used to. Lastly, um, POA Greens. Guys that like POA really well. Last 10 events on POA. DJ's averaging almost 93 DraftKings points. Jason Day comes in second. Phil Mickelson, Jordan Spieth, Tony Finau, John Rahm, Justin Thomas. Again, surprise, surprise, the, the best of the best. But Justin Rose, Paul Casey. I was trying to find some like not-so-popular guys, but it's McElroy. I guess Ryan Palmer and Patrick Cantley. There you go. A couple not-so-well-known names kind of stand out there on the POA world. All right, Jesse. Any final thoughts before we get into the DraftKings pricing? Any tips, tools, anything like that? <laughs> uh, not, not off the top of my head at the moment. Let's let's talk. Right, let's it. do it. Let's do it. Ten k and above. You got Tiger Woods leading the way. I know Jesse. When Tiger was in his prime, he was not playing. There was not DraftKings. This might be the first time he's ever led the field in any event, let alone a major. He's eleven three. Yeah. You got, you got DJ at 11-1, Rory at 10-9, Brooks at 10-4, and JT at 10-1. And JT's been kind of gone lately. I don't know where the hell he's been. But he's been relaxing somewhere. Is that what he's on? Oh, yeah, it's, it's snap, oh, Snapchat. Oh, yeah, that's right. I thought I thought that was better. But the, snap, the Snapchat game has been quiet. I don't know what he's been up to. But uh, you got five guys over 10K. Who are you looking at? 
He was going to play. Justin was going to play the event last week. What was last week? The Wells uh, Fargo? Yeah, he was going to play the Wells Fargo, and he withdrew the week of, um, which makes it interesting um, as far as his ownership goes. And, you know, obviously he's won. He won the – he won a – his only major was the PJ Championship at Quail Hollow. Um, and if he's hurt, obviously you don't want to play him, but I don't see him playing if he doesn't think he can go all four rounds and try to contend. Uh, so he becomes an interesting play at 10-1. Um, I do think that the top two, Tiger and DJ, will be the most popular of these guys up here. Um, for me, give me all the Rory. Uh, I just love Rory's game. Now, he's played Beth Page three times. Uh, so the 2009 U.S. Open, he finished 10th. And then both times they held the Barclays there, 24th and 31st. So that was 2012 and 2016. Uh, but his worst finish was the Masters, where since the beginning of the year, basically, he hasn't finished outside the top 10 in any event except for the Masters, where, you know, he's got that that pressure and he's got to figure out how to overcome that. It's for the next year's podcast. But, <laughs> you know, he finished eighth at the Wells Fargo. Uh, you know, for the discount, and maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but from what I've heard so far, you know, DJ is kind of the pick. Um, Brooks played well, finished well this week. People will see that. Defending champion, obviously won a bunch of majors last year or two of the four. Um, so for me, like ownership-wise, I, I love Rory, if especially if he's going to be low-owned. I like him anyways. And then JT is a potential GPP play because of the unknown there um, and and people maybe you know backing off of him, especially in your bigger milli contests, lower dollar contests where people aren't paying as much of attention as you know the sharks or whatever would in the higher dollar contest i am pretty much 100 percent on board with everything you had to say there uh tiger will get a ton of ownership and so will dj i can't play tiger at 11 three like I, I just can't do it i i will we've said it before i will always hope tiger wins every tournament he plays in i will love every minute yeah. of that. but i'm not paying 11 three for tiger woods at a course like this just not happening uh dj i like a lot i do like a lot at 11 one it's hard not to like dj a lot at 11 one but I'm not playing the ownership game when I can get a guy like you said at Rory McIlroy, who's just as good, if not better, right now in current form at two two hundred dollars less. You can use in many places on this board later today. Um, Rory at ten nine, I like a ton. I think he's a great play this week. And then Brooks at ten four, big game hunt. Brooks, he played really well this last week, uh, starting to kind of get back into form as he's getting ready for this this kind of late in the year. You know, let's kick everybody's ass and win another you know couple of majors or a FedEx Cup, which Brooks loves to do. Um, you know, T2 at the Masters, the players, uh, he was kind of T56, pretty blah, missed the cut at the AP, and then second at the Honda. So you know how Brooks likes to go when he finished very well this week at Byron, as we talked about. So I, I like Brooks at 10-4 a lot. I think he'll be very interesting. And then I echo your Justin thing. Uh, I, I didn't know what his deal was. I forgot about the rest of you just said it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, idiot. That, that we, duh. He almost pulled out of an event, and then he finished it, and it was ugly. But, yeah, I remember exactly what you're talking about now. Um yeah, if he does play at 10-1 and there's still concerns about that wrist, he's going to go super low on it. We know he's not going to play if he's hurt, and he has uber ability to so just go super low. And at worst, he scores a lot. He might bogey a few. We might just score a ton of extra birdies in there as well. It's not the best course for that, but it is an option. So uh, I like I like Rory one. I like Brooks a ton, too. And the JT is a very, very interesting GPP play. So, yeah, we're pretty much simpatico on that 10K and above. 
Let's check out the 9K range. You got Justin Rose at 99, Molly at 97, John Rom at 95, Ricky Fowler at 93, Fleetwood at 92, Xander at 91, J-Day at 9,000. If you don't want to go to 10,000 and above, you can definitely pick out some solid plays right here. Who do you like in the 9K range, Jesse? Yeah, I think uh, I think the talk of the talk probably either comes out of this range or the, the AK range. I mean, it's a lot more comfortable to roster these guys and just skip over the $10,000 range and not have to worry about anybody in the low sevens. Um, so most people like the comfortability factor of that. And if you do that for a cash game, I'm totally on board. But I think in a GPP this, this week, at this point anyways, going stars and scrubs is going to be the contrarian play. Um, with that being said, obviously, you know, you can fit in a lot of sweet names by going balanced and I totally get it. So, you know, I would probably, I'll probably go both ways. Um, as far as Rose goes, I mean, like I love that price tag on him. My problem is, is like his driver has been all over the place. Um, and, and, it, that kind of freaks me out a little bit going into a, a, a course like Beth Page. Um, you know, I mean, he was not able to hit a whole lot of fairways at Wells Fargo, but he still finished third. He hit 50, 46% of the fairways at the Wells Fargo. Now, he hit 43% of the fairways at the Masters um, and missed the cut. And it's, you know, I mean, the rough there is doesn't even matter. And the fairways are so big, it's it's amazing that he missed 43% of them. Um, so his, his driver is a little scary, but at $9,900, man, I mean, like, I, I think he can legitimately win this golf tournament for sure. Um, I'll leave the Franny talk up to you. Tommy at $9,200 is definitely in play. And then Jason Day, man, at $9,000 finished fourth uh, at the Barclays in 2016, 24th in 2012. He's playing under the radar, solid golf, uh, with just one miscut this year at the Valspar. Otherwise, I mean, he's like almost in the top 10. He's in the top 10 most of the time. Uh, did finish 24th at Wells Fargo a couple weeks ago. So um, he, he becomes interesting, especially if, you know, if it becomes a a putt off. Um, he does rank over the last 24 rounds. He's first on POA, um, according to Fantasy National. So, you know, that, you know it's one of those things where, I, I love him this week at 9,000. Now, I don't know how much I can really fit in of him, but um, especially if I'm playing the nine thousand, the $10,000 guys, but I like Jason Day at $9,000 this week. Man, he should go super low on with the rest of the guys around him there. So I think that's a good call with J-Day. Uh, I know he's been top 10 and like crazy, like you said. And then that uh, T24, of course, is the week I decide to roster him in OAD. He could get another top 10 that week. That would have been real nice. But, uh, yeah, he's been playing some great golf. I like John Rom quite a bit at 95. This guy, when you talk about length off the tee, you talk about, for the most part, he can stay in his game when he's not in his head. That's the difference. But he's played great this year. T9 at the Masters, T6 at Valspar, T12 at Players. He screwed up at the WGC with a uh, T9 at, at Genesis. That Riviera comparison, playing that tough course like that, I kind of like that comparison for this week. So, you know, T10 at, at Ways, T5 at Farmers. Six at the Desert Classic, T8 at, at TOC, and he won the Hero. So he's playing some outstanding golf, basically T12 or better in all but one event this season. He's yeah. really getting it done. I like him a lot at 9500 bucks. I think he could be a lot of fun this week. Um, Molly, like I said, I like him. At this moment in time, I'm not on him. I like the plays around him. I like to either go up to that 10K range like we talked about 
or I'll start, start at ROM and go below. I'm not on Molly right now. I might regret this. Uh, send tweets at BD Entrick all weekend when he's winning. That's fine. But uh, I don't think I'll be on him at the moment. I just can't bring myself to do it. Other guys I like. I really am starting to buy in. And for those who listen to the show long enough, it's never happened. Ricky Fowler has my attention. T4, T9, T17, his last three events. At T4 at Wells Fargo, pretty good golf. And overall, Ricky's been playing well. He's made all 12 cuts this year. Um, and, and coming into a course where his length will come into play, he does have a good short game, especially uh, putting. I think Ricky at 93 can be very, very interesting, but usually chalky. So I'll have to keep an eye on that. I think one thing that will limit the chalk is the fact Fleetwood is at 92. I like Fleetwood a lot. He's definitely in play, like you said. I've, seen, I've heard his name for like two weeks now about this tournament. People love – Tommy Fleetwood here. So we'll see what the ownership prediction looks like there on Fanshare on Wednesday, see what that's all about. But um, I really like Rom. I really like Fowler. Uh, and then Day has my attention, like you mentioned, just because of his consistency. It could be a super low-owned target there. And then the X-Man. I know you don't like talking about him because you get, you get frustrated with Xander. Xander always gets overlooked in these tournaments. I don't think – I don't know if you need to be contrarian in the 9K range, but taking a guy like Xander or even Jason Day up here at 9K – could make things super nice if you go chalkier down below. Uh, Xander should definitely be on the radar. He plays very well in these tournaments, very, very well in major in a major type events. He finishes very, very high. So Xander's on the radar, but uh, not one of my top you know two or three plays up here just yet. All right, 8K range. We have Bryson at 89, Tony at 88, Cooch at 87, Spieth at 86, Matsuyama at 85, Reed, Casey, Cantley, Scott, Bubba, and Phil another loaded 8K range like you were talking about. Where are you directing your traffic here? Um, I will say, I'll, I'll start off with with Finau and, and Kucher. I think they'll be two of the, they'll be inside the top five easy in ownership. Um, both of them are always popular anyways. Kucher's, you know, uh, his price is probably a little bit elevated from where it's, it has been when he's been super chalky. But either way, people, I think, just gravitate to him. He was $7,900 at the Masters and he was 30% owned, so... I mean, at 8,700, I could still see him being, um, you know, 20% plus. Uh, he's just kind of viewed as a safe play. Um, the guy, I, I, I don't know if he can win, but he doesn't really have to at 8,700 anyway. So I don't mind either one of those. Um, I think the pivot off of him is Bryson. Uh, you know, coming in, just kind of, he's having a, a weird year. Um, obviously ended last year really well uh, with, you know, three wins and in less than, three inside of like two months or three months or whatever. Um, but then he's fallen off and I don't know, I don't know really where his game's at, but for a, a GPP, I don't mind Bryson $8,900. Um, Hideki, man, I mean, like the guy obviously can get around really well. He's actually, um, he actually doesn't put Poa very terribly. I think, man, now he's 58th strokes cane putting on Poa in this field. So, He's not great, but he's not a great putter anyways. And, and Poe is one of those things that's kind of a equalizer for bad putters, right? So you can be a terrible putter and, and be okay on Poe. And if it's more of a par fest versus a birdie fest, then I think Hideki can be there. Um, his, 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 his strokes gain stats line up. Uh, Reed, no thank you, at $8,400. Um, I'm sure Don't you'll be scared. love it's okay. him. Yeah. Don't be scared. PC at 8,300 is, is totally fine. Can't lay at 8,200. It kind of intrigues me. I'd really like Adam Scott at 8,100. Um, again, back to the, you know, if you're a terrible putter, it kind of equalizes here. That's where, you know, I, I feel like Adam can make up a little bit of ground. He finished fourth 
here in the Barclays in 2016, uh, 62nd in 2012, and then 36th in the U.S. Open in 2009. Coming off back-to-back top 20s at the Masters and the Players. I mean, he's like playing like a Tiger schedule as far as a little golf as he is playing. Um, so, I mean, typically he hits it straight. He hits it on the green and then misses, you know, a three-footer. Um, so, I like Adam Scott, Scott quite a bit. Phil, man, he intrigues me, but fuck me, did he play so terribly at the Wells Fargo and hit his driver everywhere. <laughs> First time Bubba, ever missed a cut there. Fuck you know, crazy. Bubba Bubba's a, another interesting play at 8,000. He has actually played Beth Page pretty well. 2016, 13th, 2012, 10th, U.S. Open, 2009, 18th. So maybe this is a, a Bubba-like course um, where he it fits his eye because we know that you know, he typically plays well at certain courses. Maybe this is another one. And depending on ownership, you know, $8,000, I would not mind to roster Bubba Watson with that kind of course history. Yep, I'm 100% there with you. I'll start out with Tony Fino at 88. Or 80, uh, 88. I do like him quite a bit. We obviously like him in, in majors, especially in majors where you have to bomb it a little bit. Uh, he, he's a really good player. He's coming in in weird form right now, but he can always get there. So I do like Tony. I, I agree with your Kutcher takes. I think Kutcher's like a good cash game play. I like him to make the cut. Uh, where he finishes is always a question mark. But, you know, when we say stuff like that with Cooch, he, next thing you know, he's like seventh or sixth, something like that. Just kind of hanging out towards the top of the leaderboard. Not contending, but he's hanging out up there. So, Cooch uh, 87, good cash game play for sure. Dean out more the GPP out of the two chalk pieces for me. But I, I'll start out with Matsuyama. A big fan there. I had him in a one and done this week. 8500 bucks. One of the best tee to green guys on tour right now, like you said. And if it's, a, you know, a two-putt contest, a deck you can usually do that. Usually the keyword. He can usually do that because his putting this week was atrocious and he's still minus to go like uh, he finished, you know, around 22nd or something like that. So if he could just putt, he'd be top 10 in it easily. We talk about it all the time with the decky. So 8,500, I, I do like him quite a bit when it comes to that price tag at this event. He's a longer hitter and a great tee to green hitter, 8,500 bucks. Uh, give me Pat Reed 84. You can leave the ownership low for me, Jesse. I'll be, I'll be just fine with that. <laughs> Another okay week this week. Not great, but at this price point, He's a guy that makes cuts, and he can contend at this price point. Uh, and for the most part, he's not going to destroy you. So I do like Reed at 8,400 quite a bit. Uh, he, like you mentioned he won here when it was at the Barclays a few years back. He loves playing these tough major-type courses. Uh, this fits Pat Reed quite a bit at 8,400 bucks. Uh, so I'll be I'll be on the Pat Reed bandwagon. Uh, Patrick Cantley, I'm with you there. Long, long hitter. We've always talked about kind of his around-the-green game kind of be questionable at times, but – you know, I don't mind him at all at 8200 bucks. Coming in in really, really good form um, as a pull-up. T3 at the Heritage, T9 at the Masters, cut at the Players, and then a T6 in the WGC, T15 at Genesis. Again, that Genesis deal. It's like he it's a cut or nothing. It's a cut at Farmers, T9, T5, second, T7 prior to that. So as long as he's making the cuts, he's like T15 or better. Uh, 8200 bucks. I like that quite a bit with Patrick Cantlay as I think he can contend quite a bit. Curious to see what his ownership will be. And then last but not least, I loved your call on Bubba Watson there at $8,000. Uh, Bubba, low ownership Bubba is always fun, especially in GPPs. Cash games, he can be a pain in the ass. But, hey, he's made 9 and 10 cuts this year. It's much better than recent years where it's like all or nothing with Bubba. He's at least getting there. Uh, T12 at the Masters, fourth at Valspar. Uh, when you look back at the Genesis, T15, it's just something I'll keep going back to over and over again. But he can definitely contend in a course like this at $8,000. He's going to get way overlooked. I like that call a lot here. Um, that could be a really, really nice low on GPP play. So there's a lot in this AK range I like. It's mainly, you know, Hideki, Reed, and Bubba would be the three I'd look at with some Cantley and then play the chalk game all you want when we talk about Finau and uh, 
Kucher. All right, 7K range. Jesse, why don't you give me some guys 7,500 and above? Um, yeah, earlier I said that uh, the chalk would come from the 8 or 9K range, and I totally forgot that Sergio is $7,900. He is going to be your highest on golfer. Yes, I've heard him everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Um, the course history is really good. Uh, third in 2012 with the Barclays, 10th at the U.S. Open in 2009. Um coming off a fourth at the Wells Fargo, obviously missed the cut at the Masters. But, uh, you know, he's like your the guy you think of. It hits it and hits a fairway and hits the greens. Um, I just don't – I don't know if I can play a 30% on Sergio. Um, so I'll probably be on the other side of that, but we'll see how, how it ends up going. As far as the plays above 7,500 for me, um, really got four. Uh, Cam Smith is interesting at 75. He's second in strokes game putting on POA um, over the last 24 rounds. Uh, so I don't mind him um, as kind of a, a sneaky GPP, GPP, GPP play there. Uh, and then the guys at 7,600, all three of them, Poulter, Webb Simpson, and Kokrak. Kokrak finished seventh at the Barclays in 2016. Um, and the dude is, besides that, 78 to Wells Fargo, which I don't know how drunk he got Saturday night or, or what happened there. Um, he's just playing really, really, really good golf. Hitting a ton of greens, hitting a lot of fairways. The putters always sketch, but again, um, you know he can he can kind of keep the field back uh, by uh, with the, with the poet greens. Webb Simpson, man, I, I'm not usually a Webb guy, but he finished 48th, 2016, missed the cut in 2012 at the Barclays. Um, but this price, man, I just feel like the upside is there for him. Um, and seventy six hundred dollars, I feel like he should probably be like like him and Reed should be swapped places. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I hear you. I hear you. But uh, I, I, I mean, at seventy six hundred dollars, he has me really, really thinking about playing him. And then Ian Poulter at at uh, seventy six as well. Two thousand nine uh, U.S. Open finished eighteenth, and then thirty sixth at the twenty twelve Barclays, and just playing solid golf, dude. Tenth of the Mer- uh, Heritage, twelfth of the Masters. Um, you know, hitting it straight, and you know, scrambling well. Like he's. He's playing really good golf right now, and at $7,600, I'll have a lot of him. Yeah, I'm with you on Sergio Garcia. He's a phenomenal play. He's going to be chalkier than hell. If you can eat the chalk here and pivot elsewhere, I don't hate it. Like you said, he's played better than probably anybody when you do cumulatively every tournament at at, at Bethpage. He's just done phenomenally at this course. Coming off a T4 at the Wells Fargo, you know, when he's kind of, you know, that crazy miscut at the Masters and he tilted everybody's face off. He had T22 at the players, uh, very up and down guy. Part of that, a ninth at Honda, he had a 37th at Genesis. But that T4 at Wells kind of gets my hopes up for him at 79. Could be uber chalky, though, and we know how that usually ends out. So if you want to fade it, no problem fade trading that one all day long. I do like Gary Woodland at 77. He was playing great this year. The last few weeks have kind of been weird. A cut at the Wells Fargo, T32 at the Masters, cut at Valspar, T30 at the players. Prior to that, they played really Really well. Uh, didn't play the Genesis. Got a ninth at the Farmers there at Tories. So that's something to keep in mind there. But 77 for Woodland has my attention. And I'm with you on Ian Poulter. Really, really good play there at 7,600 bucks. Really good cash game play with a little bit of upside. And I don't mind the Camp Smith call either. That's my boy. But the last guy I'll mention here at 7,500 above, I think the last time we were on him, it, it bit us really badly. He's made seven to 10 cuts this year. It's Hao Tong Lee coming off a, a fourth over in China with a T43 at the Masters. T32 at 
at uh, the Valero. So not playing great over here, but when you look at his, his overall stats, great tee to green game, great long drive, like everything matches up. He's like top 15 or so in almost every category I was looking at earlier in certain distance to the green and everything. Not saying it's a great play, but how Tong at 75. He's one of those guys that has the upside to contend, but also could blow you up in a heartbeat. And uh, he, he's on my radar for sure, especially in GPP builds and maybe multi-entry builds. I wouldn't mind a little bit of how Tong Lee out there at $7,500. All right, 7400 and below. There's a lot more to like here. Jesse, who are you looking at? Um, yeah, I mean, I would uh, start with – sorry – Thorborn Olsen at $7,300, uh, coming off a pretty good finish there at the Masters. He finished 21st, 41st at the Players, um, hit a ton of greens at the Masters and at the Players. So I think he's interesting at 73. Uh, Alex Noren, man, like, you know, we talked we talked about we him talked the last couple weeks. Week. <laughs> yeah, um, and he didn't play terribly this past week. He shot 10 under, uh, which is probably good for somewhere in the mid-20s. I don't, I don't have everything loaded at this point, but – um, he becomes interesting to me at that price because uh, most people will just peruse right on by him, especially with Keegan at 72, um, you know, Siwoo at 72 as well. He should go under own and Charlie Hoffman at 71, kind of more popular names there. He he becomes an interesting play because, like, when he was playing well last year, he's his strength was Tita Green. And um, so I, I, I'll, be, I'll be watching him and kind of just, seeing how he ranks out once the the stats for this week are loaded but he's interesting jonathan vegas at seventy one hundred dollars dude i mean the, the guy hits it a mile um he typically for the most part i mean you know he's not super wild he's kind of tamed himself this year um and so i like him uh you know he he makes a he can make birdies in bunches um he just is intriguing at 7,100 there. So, I mean, there's a lot of names here, obviously. Pat Perez being another one at 7,000. Um, Thomas Peters, he had a pretty decent showing. Justin Harding, a, another decent showing this week as well. So, a lot of options here. But for me, like, those are the three main guys that I would be looking at um, with Peters as well. Yeah. I, I can't forget to mention Thomas Peters. Yep, Thomas Peters at 7K is a great play at that price point. That's yeah. too cheap for him. I, I, when I, I was making my list and I got to 7K and I saw his name. I was like, holy shit, I thought he wasn't in the tournament because he wasn't higher up on the, the price yeah. point. So, yeah, 7K for Peters. Big, big fan of that there. He can grip it and rip it and have a lot of fun on this course. So I'm with you there. Uh, Perez is interesting. I love the Johnny Vegas call. The guy, like you said, GPP gold at 7,100 bucks. Uh, big fan of that. I might be intrigued to go back to Lucas Beergard at 7K. Um, like I said, he went bogey two of the last three to miss the cut this last week. But this is a guy that hits the ball a mile. He's one of the younger guys on tour, a rookie on tour. Um, T21 at the Masters, T30 at the Players, T12 at Honda. Uh, he's played really well as of late, especially in these bigger events. I, I do like him quite a bit at 7K for his driving. It's like him and Peters and Vegas down there. Three really good GPP plays you can take a peek at. Curious to see uh, Bradley's ownership at 72. I think he is a good play here. The Keegan Bradley we're seeing nowadays is, is a much different golfer than the one we used to make fun of. But he has missed two of his last three cuts. He had a T43 at the Masters. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe he's back in that funk again, and, and we shall see. But 72 is interesting right ne- there next to Alexander Norin. I'd probably just drop down to, to the Bear Guard Peters of the world at 7K in Vegas. But uh, Lucas Glover, you know, he said he won here before. If he's on, he's going to contend. We know how Lucas Glover works. If he makes the cut, he's going to play really well. 
If he misses the cut, it's going to be by a lot. It's going to be ugly. And you're going to hear all the stupid jokes on Twitter about him and his wife. That's what you're going to get. That's Lucas Glover in a nutshell. I'm kind of, I'm over all those jokes. That annoys the shit out of me. Me too. But um, it's like, come me on, people. Too. Like, like you guys can make fun of that, but not, that's a whole other diatribe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God. Lucas Glover at 73, quite interesting. But uh, the other two I'll mention here, um, again, I keep going back to driving distance. That's not everything this week, but it's a big thing. Uh, Keith Mitchell at 73. He likes Bermuda greens over POA. He's struggled on POA. Be very clear on that. He has struggled on POA. He had an okay week this week. He was a kind of killer Keith week where he had some good runs of birdies and a, a, a blow-up hole that just kind of set it all back. But T8 at the Wells Fargo. We know he won the Honda, which is a big tournament to win. Uh, but he missed a cut at the Genesis, and that kind of scares me. So, uh, And he missed a cut of, at Torrey for the Farmers. So keep, keep Keith in mind at 73, but just know it's not his ideal setup in the when he gets to the green there. And then RCB at 73 is on my radar just because that's my boy, and I need to pay attention to him at 73. I'm just worried this course doesn't quite fit him well. I'll look more on him throughout the week, and that's why when you join us in the Slack chat throughout the week, if you have any questions on RCB, if I find anything on him, I'll mention it. I do like him right now. Not sold on him yet. Again, I'd almost just rather go all the way down to those guys in that 7K, 71, and make my uh, my bacon down there is where I'm looking. And that's kind of with those kind of guys, if you want to get a little chalkier up top, you can differentiate down there because the, the ownership should be pretty low on those boys. So that'll help quite a bit. All right, 6K range, Jesse. We don't have to go down. You know, there's like 20, 25 tour pros or uh, like clubhouse tour pros. Don't have to worry about them. There's past winners like John Daly. Probably not going to happen. So maybe half the 6K range is viable, and maybe a quarter of that's even worth talking about. So what do you have down here in the 6K range? There's a lot of guys down here I love. Um, when I say love, like – I'm going to have to fucking play a bunch of them. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, like, it's going to be uncomfortable, um, but I feel like that that's what's going to take to win this week. Um, Start at the top, Berger, $6,900 I've mentioned in the past couple weeks, another made cut, finished 23rd this past week. Uh, 15th in the field this past week in strokes gained approach um, and uh, 12th in strokes gained ball striking, so 29th in Tita Green. Either way, I, I, I like uh, I like Daniel Berger at sixty nine hundred dollars. Um, one guy who rates out really well on on Fantasy Labs because they pull in stats from basically every single tour is Jorge Campillo, um, third at the China Open, won the Trophy Haston, third at the Indian Open, and twentieth Maybach Championship, second at the Qatar Masters, and second at the Oman Open. So he's playing great overseas. Playing pretty well, um, and at sixty nine hundred dollars, nobody will be on him. Uh, so I, I, I mean, that's why he's obviously he's hit a lot of greens. He's played really well. That's why he's so high in the model worldwide. But uh, I, I, I don't. I mean, I think for a GPP, he's a he's a dart that potentially, if he comes inside the top twenty or sneaks inside the top, you know, fifteen, he he could give you a chance to win a GPP. Lee, Lee Westwood's interesting. He's played well around. Beth Page in the past, uh, fifth at 2012 Barclays and 23rd at the 2009 um, U.S. Open, coming off a of 33rd there in Mexico. I don't think he played this past week, did he? No, I don't think so. Um, it was not in the field, but so he's he's interesting at 68. Juiced from a proximity standpoint, he kind of stood out to me um, at 68. Don't mind him. Corey Connors, man, at 68. Another guy who I can get behind. Um, and then Scott Piercy, dude. So yeah, we talked about him last awesome. week. Yeah, sixty five hundred. He did not make a bogey this week. He played great. 
Yep, no bogeys. The first time that that's happened since I think I saw somebody just tweet about it a second ago. I'm I, scared I, he's going to be super chalky because of this week. I mean, he might, but I don't know because I, I really feel like that balance is going to be True. so – like he's not going to be – He's. I wouldn't think he would get over 10%. And his swing, man, I watched him today. He looked really good swinging the golf club. Um, I was impressed, and I feel like – you know, if he can, obviously it's a totally different golf course. So don't get me wrong. Like I don't expect him to go bogey free and shoot 21 under par again. That's not going to happen. Um, but he just looked, he looked smooth, man. He looked good. Uh, and at 60, 6,500, I like him quite a bit. Um, Troy married again at 6,200. He made the cut this past week. Uh, and you know, he's a guy who basically is, he's going to hit a lot of fairways. Um, you know, just a matter of can he hit enough greens from there. Uh, but it seems like he's he's playing better golf. And then last but not least, Miko Kordanen, uh, another Euro Tour guy, coming off a win at the China Open. He's been playing pretty well over there. So um, 6,200 if you're down in this range. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'll dip down this low. Probably like my limit would be Piercy. Uh, but if you're down there and you need somebody, those would be the two guys. Yeah, I love Pierce here at 65. This, this is a, a week where you can tell the, the prices came out before the previous tournament because, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. Pat Perez at 7K probably would be 7K, and Piercy would no way be 6,500. Not a chance of hell. No. Um, and if you look at the – when we get to the overall odds later on, uh, there's a lot of movement on the odds already, and they don't line up at all compared to DraftKings. There's a lot of mispriced guys this week, so that's another angle you can take. But um, I like Piercy a lot. I like the Merit call at 62. If you need to go all the way scrubs, Merit's not great by any means, but he – He's a cut maker, especially at that price point. Like you don't get a lot, you, you get way more coin tosses to worse than coin toss odds down there, and he, he's much better than that. Before I go on any farther, did you forget one name by chance? I don't know who you're referring to. He's at sixty five hundred dollars. I'll let you figure this out. Uh, he has a uh, yeah. I mean. You know, so he played really well. He shot seven under today. He finished seventeen under for the tournament. Um, his driver is really scary to me. I mean, he like he hit some wayward drives, and obviously at this past week, you had little to no penalty um, for doing that. So yeah, I, I don't know. And then the knee thing—I'm not sure what the hell happened with his knee. Did you ever hear of like anything? What for never, sure? Never heard anything. Like, yeah, the stories it, started with an Achilles, and it turned into his knee. It was just—it was all over the freaking board. Yeah, it was like supposedly an ACL tear or something at yeah. the Masters, and and obviously that's not the case. He wouldn't be playing. Um, I don't know, man. I just like, I, I looked at him because because he was so high up the leaderboard, but I can't like just because the guy shot seventeen under. I mean, he's not been playing that great this year for enough for, for me to play him. I love Kyrdek. Oh, I thought he finishes top ten, even though that tilts the shit out of me. Like watching him this week finish as high as he did, like his tilting, because I didn't play any. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I just don't know, man. I can't. I don't know if I can get behind it or not. Okay. That's why I just wanted to ask. Um, I do – I like – like I said, I like Piercy. I like Merritt. Then for me, it's like Kevin Knott, 6900 bucks. another guy that can, you know, make cuts. Had a really good week this last week, T10 at the Heritage and T46 at the Masters. So coming in in okay form. Um, Luke List at 68 has my attention. I hope he doesn't get the Pat Mayo bump. I think it's probably built into his name by now. But uh, 65th at Wells, 41st at Heritage. It's very hot and cold with him, but, like, you know, T10 at the API, T15 at Genesis. Back to a, a course comparison I want to look at. So, you know, a place where you can bomb it, 
putting won't, you know, equalizes out. Like you said, equalized putters, Lucas needs that. So 6,800 for Lucas is very intriguing. Again, he could tilt your face off because you'll find all the worst spots to hit a drive at times, but otherwise very, very interesting at 6,800. Brian Harmon's had some good success here in the past at 67. Very inconsistent golf overall, but coming in, you know, T24 at the Wells after missing three straight cuts, five of his last six cuts prior to that, 51st at Genesis. Maybe he's back to some comfortable courses that he likes. GPP only there with Brian Harmon. Then another guy that was playing great golf, then he completely crapped the bed recently. But for 6600 bucks, JB uh, Holmes has my attention. Another guy that can bomb it and get it around. He, um, oh, yeah, won at Genesis. Um, again, coming off the cut at the Wells, though, T62, T71, cut, cut before the win. Uh, he's been not the greatest of form, but definitely a guy that can show up in a GPP at that price point. Doesn't break my heart. All right, Jesse, let's recap the pricing real quick, and then we'll wrap her up. Uh, 10K and above, give me one guy. Rory. Rory for me as well. Um, 9K, give me give me one. Uh, I'll just say Tommy. I'm going to go Ricky. And that scares me because that's usually chalk, but I like his game right now. Especially $9,300. Yeah, yeah. So if it's chalk, I'll probably be pivoting to like to ROM. That's where I'm pivoting. If, if Ricky's chalk, I'm going to ROM. Again, this is why you join us in the Slack chat. This is first looks for us. Give you the basis to go. If you have more in-depth questions, join us there. It's free. Just send us a DM. Get us in there. Uh, 8K range. Give me two guys. Uh, Adam Scott and then um, Bubba Watson. I love the bubble call. I like that a lot. The more you've mentioned it uh, for me, it's Hideki and Patty Reed, Patty Reed, seven uh, K. Give me three guys. Uh, Poulter, Kokrak. Um, and then, yeah, man, Cam Smith, man. I think, I think he's interesting. Get it. I got Tomas Peters. Um, I got Houghton Lee and Gary Woodland. That's where I'm going there. The seven K range kind of has me tilted right now. There's a lot of variances we can go down there. Uh, give me two guys in the six K. Uh, Piercy and then um, Berger. Uh, I'm going to go Piercy and List. That's where I'll be going down there in the 6K. Lock and load there. Okay, if you're building GPP lineups, give me three kind of more risky GPP plays that you don't mind. Uh, I mean, I think Peters is like is a risky GPP play, um, but I'll I'll play him either way. So he would be one. Uh, Jorge Campillo would be another one. And this is, I'm just kind of going off the grid here from the, the obvious ones up top. Uh, and then Vegas would be another guy. Yeah, I got Vegas was one of my three. John Roms, a second one. And then a third one would be, um, actually would be Bubba Watson. That's where I'm going there with Bubba. Um, cash game plays. Give me three guys you wouldn't mind starting a cash game lineup with. Yeah, I mean, I think starting, it's just like one of those weeks where it's, Kind of obvious who to play: Finau, Kucher, Sergio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're playing cash, cash be pretty simple. Like I have Fleetwood, Hideki, Sergio. Like there's so many guys you can knock on wood, feel pretty comfortable with in a cash game. And if you want to min cash in a uh, tournament with some upside, probably play your cash lineup because it'll probably be good, but uh, might not be the, the end all be all. Those guys in the 10k range wouldn't be shocked if one of them won it. Um, yeah. Who do you have winning this bad boy? Give me a couple guys. I'll give you some prices. What uh, what are you seeing on Jason Day? He is twenty eight to one. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind that necessarily. Um, so he would be one, and then like a more long shot winner. 
uh, potential. What you got on Bubba? Bubba is fifty-five to one. I could deal with that. I got a couple. I got Fleetwood at thirty-three. I think that's got some mods to it. Cantley at fifty. I think it's interesting. Um, and then Tomas Peters, 175 to one. I think he's like a top 20 guy. You could play him. He's kind of fun there. So I really like Peters. He played well for us this past week. I think he fits very well again this week. Because, boy, eventually people are going to respect him. He's super, super talented. All right, Jesse, any final thoughts, any words of wisdom as they build their Millie Maker lineups and whatnot for the second major of the year? I, um, I mean, not much. Like I said, I, I think – I think there's a couple things to consider this week. Obviously, lineup construction. Um, I would go both ways, especially if you're playing multiple lineups. You know, have one balanced or you know have multiple balanced. Whatever you do, you know, I mean, it, stars and scrubs. I, I really feel like is going to be the contrarian play. Um, watch the weather, obviously, and then last but not least, I mean, maybe making two different models. One where you anticipate it playing easier than what you think. And then one word, you know, a harder model, because it's easy to get behind and kind of get focused on. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that I make, especially in uh, majors is just assuming that it's just going to be super fucking hard. Um, and most people think that way because, you know, there's that, tr- there's that sign, especially with Beth page. This is yep. for different. It's a difficult golf course for highly skilled golfers or whatever the fuck it says these guys are the best of the best. Like they can make a good golf course, a hard golf course look fucking easy. Um, I went out and played the Barbasol course this past week and it was really, really difficult. Well, Troy Merritt shot 2200 par there. Um, <laughs> you know, so uh, it was a little bit different course conditions and that kind of thing. But either way, man, I mean like these guys make this, these places look like you're, you're like your local Muni. Um, so, that would be my my thing is to not get stuck in a box of this is going to be so difficult um, and not anticipate it playing easier, especially if it's going to be soft conditions because we've got a bunch of rain and so on and so forth. Just keep that in mind. Yeah, I think that's good advice because you're going to hear the narrative. You need to play this type of golfer or this type of golfer. Just remember, it's the top 100 in the world are playing here in the world. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure they're going to be able to compete at a lot of golf courses. Like to win, maybe not, but – this isn't going to be a birdie fest. So you can play par golf and, you know, have a shot, like play five, six unders and you never know what Sunday looks like for you. So um, there, there's a lot to like there. So that's really, really good advice there. So again, if you have more questions for any of uh, myself or Jesse, come join us in the Slack chat, uh, the fantasy sports DJ Slack chat, lots of stuff going on over there. And um, Jesse's on Twitter at DFS golf gods. I'm at BD and and go check out fan, uh, fanshare promo code, always press all one word, all underscore. But until next week, this was the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast, previewing the 2019 PGA Championship. Catch you guys later.